You're listening to the Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast. Here are a few messages from the forum before we start the show. Registration to our 32nd annual conference, Facing Forward, is now open. Our three-day flagship event, the annual conference, is our premier learning opportunity at the cutting edge of a diversity, equity, and inclusion landscape. Learn more about the conference, the conference theme, and the conference learning pillars at forumworkplaceinclusion.org. The Forum Annual Conference is SHRM and HRCI eligible. If you're located in the Twin Cities area, we invite you to join us and other business professionals for our next Diversity Insights Breakfast called Global Citizenship, Whole World Sensibilities and Responsibilities on February 6th in Minneapolis, Minnesota. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion Diversity Insights Breakfasts are in-person events offering professional skill-building opportunities in diversity, equity, and inclusion presented by scholars, thought leaders, and professionals. For more information and to register, visit forumworkplaceinclusion.org. With that, I'd like to say thank you to all of our listeners and subscribers. Your engagement with our podcast supports our growth and helps us reach new listeners. If you like what you're hearing on the Forum Podcast, please consider writing a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. If you've already written a review, thank you. And please consider sharing our podcast with a friend, family member, or colleague. Word of mouth from our audience is the best way the forum grows, so thank you very much for listening and sharing. Thanks again, and enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's podcast, Increased Success in High Stakes Conversations with presenter Kristen Stockton of JazzCap Consulting. I'm Ben Rear, Program Coordinator here at the Forum on Workplace Inclusion. If you and your team were as influential as you wanted to be, what would be possible? In this podcast, Kristen will show you how to influence anyone, employees, investors, customers, and your colleagues to get phenomenal results in ways that actually strengthen relationships. In this podcast, you'll learn to understand influence as a leadership competency, examine several high-stakes situations and discuss effective approaches, and learn a model for planning and preparing for one-on-one influencing conversations. Kristen Stockton is a business performance consultant and coach who works with senior leaders in HR and diversity and inclusion to address work, workforce and workplace challenges. She brings over 25 years of professional experience working for nonprofit, private and public sector businesses, including 14 years in human resources and diversity and inclusion with KPMG. She coaches leaders through the strategic planning and change management process so they better align their mission, vision, and values with their products and services to increase value to their key stakeholders. She helps people lead better businesses and better lives. She also serves on the faculty of Shambao Leadership and Progression Partners as a as a senior business partner and executive coach. In addition, she has master facilitation skills and led numerous experiences that transform individual contributors to, into leaders. Kristen training, Kristen's training includes a master's from American University in Arts Management, certificate in community relations from Boston College Carroll School of Management, bachelor's degree in education from Westchester University, and is earning her ACC certification through International Coaching Federation. Without further ado, I'd like to hand things over to Kristen. Thank you, Ben. I'm delighted to be here today to share and talk with you on such an important topic. And it's true for people to think about what is possible if you could be as influential as possible. And that really is opening up the your mind uh, to embrace a new way of thinking. And that's what I want to cover today 
and particularly for those listeners who are DNI practitioners, you have high stakes conversations every day. And it's really important to understand the effects of your influencing on those decision makers and stakeholders in your organization. And so I'm going to share with you eight and a half principles of influence today. And at the closing, we're going to cover seven steps to a greater conversation. I'll interject some questions for our listeners to ponder and think about as they go through today's discussion. And I even might have some questions for you, Ben. So listen closely. So let's start. <laughs> <laughs> let's start today with a definition. So the definition that I would like to ground ourselves around is to think about influencing as having a conversation with a clear outcome. And thinking about that clear outcome and that conversation in a way that the other person thinks, behaves, or feels the way you want them to feel, behave, or think without manipulating, but by doing it authentically. And so that's what influence means in the context of what we're going to talk about today. And influence really matters. Influence solves problems faced by executives. You know, I was working with a client the other day and I was going in to do a presentation on executive presence. They had just gone through a tremendous transition in their organization and they have a lot of great, highly valued talent that is now transitioning to new levels of leadership roles within their organization. And so I asked the executive sponsoring this presentation, what would be an effective outcome of my time with these professionals? And he said, you know, Kristen, these are smart people, but they need to know how to influence. They need to know how to take the skills and the talent that they have that technical knowledge, and they need to be able to communicate and influence leaders, not just take direction and run with it, but be able to influence leaders in our organization to make the right decisions that we need to make to, to make our organization better. And so leaders expect their C-suite to be influencers to influence employees, to influence clients, investors, customers, and to do it in a way that brings everybody on board in, in a relationship. And so that's really critical for our conversation today. And presence plays a huge part in this conversation. How you show up, how you communicate is critical to your effectiveness at influencing others. And so we're going to share and talk a little bit about that later on today. But I would love for listeners to just take a pause and think for a moment. What are the opportunities you have for influencing diversity and inclusion strategy in your organization in 2020? Just think about that. What opportunities do you have for influencing strategy around diversity and inclusion in your organization in 2020? 
What are the conversations that you really need to have in order to move your agenda forward in 2020 around DNI in your workplace? What are the greatest challenges you face when you think about influencing change? And then think about the most important item on your agenda in 2020 that cannot go sideways. It's got to be a great conversation that has a successful outcome on the other side. So be thinking about those situations today as you're listening to this podcast. Take some notes unless you're in the car and have that storyline going on in the back of your head while I'm sharing some of these ideas with you. Because, you know, influencing conversations can do several things. One, you might need to get people doing things more effectively and more proficiently on your team and in your department in order to really influence the change. And people may not be doing what you need them to do things might be getting missed. So you need to be able to influence and get your team on board with being more proficient in their work. You might be thinking that you wanna influence your supervisor to let them know that you're the right person for the role. That's an influencing conversation. You might be told that you need to improve your leadership presence in order to advance. And so you need to work on that influencing skill, that leadership competency. And you might be needing to have more conversations with your supervisor or with others around your own advancement. Or you might have a great idea, but you're not sure you have the network to make it happen. You need to influence other people around your idea, but maybe you're an individual contributor without a team. And so what does that influencing conversation look like? Maybe you're thinking about developing more business. You're in a role or in a function that needs to grow and you need to develop more business. So you need to influence others into different ways to create new revenue for your organization or your business. Or perhaps it's a much more personal reason. You need to have an influential conversation because you have a critical time that you need to spend with your family and you need to set more boundaries and make that happen. Or perhaps you really are in a new leadership role. Maybe you've just become a significant leader in your DNI team and in the organization and you want to inspire people so that they will believe in the organization's new vision around DNI. You might be going through change management. These are all situations that come up in our work lives where we want to make sure that our conversations are successful and we're able to influence change. So when you think about wanting to be more influential in your, in your job, the thing that will take you to the next level is understanding communication styles. And there's a framework that I like to use when I'm helping leaders think about their communication and their influence. 
It starts with assumptions. Many times we go into conversations and we go into situations with a whole host of assumptions. We need to check our assumptions about the situation, about the other people. And then we need to look at communication. And that's where the flexibility comes into place. You need to be able to understand the various communication styles and techniques that are the best fit for the situation. Because one of the things that will set leaders apart from the rest is that they struggle with how to influence others because they jump into initiatives and they rush into high stakes meetings using their default communication or influencing style without knowing that different approaches work better in different situations. Or many times they don't have a clear outcome in mind. So they're jumping all over the map, trying to find that data point or that nuance or that buzzword that's going to capture the attention of the leader. So what we wanna do is we wanna cover what are these principles of influence that I need to follow so that I can be a leader who understands the situation that I want to influence and that I can apply some really crisp strategies to improving the success rate of that conversation. So here are the principles. First off, people do things for their reasons, not yours. If you think about that, most of us are either influencing or being influenced and we have our reasons for doing things. And so the first principle you have to understand is how do you get to know the reasons your stakeholder will want to change their behavior or will want to uh, make the change that you would like to implement or adapt to your idea. Or even if it's a simple compliance matter that you need people to fall in line with a particular change that you're doing. Maybe it's a new reporting tool that you want to do and you know that the effectiveness of that reporting tool is going to give you better measurement standards. Perhaps it's about your recruiting around diversity and inclusion or maybe it's about performance measures and, and you really need people to get on board with this new measurement system or new tool and get them to follow through because you want that really good rich data. You can only get the data if they do the work. So instead of thinking in that situation about what you need, you need to think about the reasons why others would want to complete that that task. People do things for their reasons, not yours. The second principle is balancing ego, results, and relationships. And that's a tough one because sometimes we charge into situations thinking, I've got the title, I've been doing this for 20 years, I know what I'm doing, I've got this, they're going to listen to what I have to say and they're going to follow suit. Following with your ego is not going to get you the results that you want. You have to balance your ego along with the relationships and the results and keep all that in check. What res if you are someone who leads with the results and you're pushing the results as part of that, but you're not keeping in check um, with the relationship that you wanna have with the other stakeholder, that will be a reason why your influencing conversations might not be as successful. 
relationships, ego, and results all need to be in balance for high stakes situations. And number three, the number one reason why a lot of people don't have successful outcomes is because they don't ask for what they want. If you don't ask for what you want, you probably won't get it. And it's amazing to me how many times I am coaching others and working with leaders and they are so passionate about this new idea or this change initiative that they want to implement because they really see this vision for where it's going to happen, but they never really ask people for what they want. I remember a story where there were these three technicians and they were, they were laborers at a hospital and they were complaining because the, the, the work that they had to do required them to leave one building and go to another building to put the, the uh, trash or the, into a different receptacle. And so they would complain all the time about how far away the dumpsters were. And, you know, there's, there's more trash on the other building, but we've got to walk so far. And they just kept complaining about it. And I thought, I wonder what would happen if they just simply said, hey, could we move the dumpster closer to our building where we're working? It would make us more effective and more efficient, and it would lessen the, the pain in our backs by lugging the trash all the way across. So you don't ask for what you don't get. And you can test this in so many different situations, um, but you have to be really clear on what you want, and you have to actually ask for it. The fourth principle is influence happens one person at a time. That's the relationship aspect of being successful at influencing. When you break down your stakeholders and you understand each of the stakeholders, you understand what is important to them and what they, uh, what they should want for results, then you have to build those relationships one person at a time. If there are a number of stakeholders who you need to get on board with a particular initiative or program or change that you're trying to solve for, it's really, really important to build those relationships and map out the strategy for who those stakeholders are and get to know them one person at a time. Walking into a meeting and thinking that you're gonna influence seven or eight people at one time is a mistake. And that's where a lot of times your conversations will go sideways. Because remember, people do things for their reasons, not yours. And so if you're going in and thinking you're gonna influence change by addressing all seven leaders at the same time, that's a mistake that will derail your, your conversations. And the last two, last several principles are pretty simple. Number five is take 100% responsibility for your impact. You have to know how you are showing up in that situation and how to manage your, yourself, your conduct, your language. You have to take responsibility for the impact that you leave on the other person that you're influencing. Number six is there are no guarantees. You can absolutely do everything right 
and there still might be a risk of, of not being successful every time, 100% of the time. There are no guarantees. Number seven is influence flexibility is critical. You need the right tools for the job, which goes back to understanding your audience and knowing what they want and what's important to them. The other key factor is understanding the person's communication style. Now, here's a little trick to the communication style. It's not the primary factor in how you influence or selecting your approach, but it is important. The primary factor in an influencing conversation is actually understanding your goal and your objective. What your goal is, is the most important thing. The goal determines the approach. Is your goal that they agree with your idea, that they're compelled by your idea, that they will comply whether they're committed or not? Is your goal that they become committed to this new approach or this new idea? Is your goal that you inspire and get them aligned and engaged? Or is your goal to build a common ground and strengthen the relationship because you might have a longer term gain that you want to address? The goal determines the approach. So now let's think about the approach. So Ben, let me ask you, can you think of a time when you needed to try to influence someone on something and it didn't go well? Why, yes, I can. Sorry, it took me a minute there to think about it because there have been many. <laughs> um, but um, I think of, uh, off the top of my head, I, what comes to mind is this my pre-forum days um, when I was uh, working for an event production company, um, doing working with a lot of nonprofits and, um, and foundations, small organizations, doing doing fundraisers and galas and one of my first gala that I did as the lead producer for a company that a nonprofit that I had worked with, worked with um, as an as associate producer um, and just trying to um, get them to trying to change the format I don't know if you've ever been to a forum fund Razor or gala lately mm. but they're very it's always kind of a cookie cutter format um and it's a kind of always the same you know with the same layout um same password d'oeuvre same plated salad <laughs> um dinner and yeah but just kind of just kind of cookie cutter and just trying to get them to after research and talking to our caterers and just trying to get them to try a different format just on how they serve the food <laughs> um right. And yeah, and then just maybe, and just changing the, the program up a little bit more. And it was, I, you know, I just, it was kind of like pulling teeth, <laughs> to be honest. And I mean, ultimately we just, I just wasn't able to get them to see things my way. And it wasn't until I brought in my boss who they've worked with before who to get them to get him to say basically the same thing that i had said that they were like oh yeah that's that sounds great um so oh i was a little bit frustrated with that yeah so you know i hear you and let me ask you this so what do you think was different 
between your approach and your boss's approach? Um, I think, well, I think it was for me, I, I being that's my first time leading an event on my own, I feel like maybe I wasn't as confident as he is when he says things. Um, or, and also, you know, wasn't able to articulate the benefit for them mm -hmm. as well. Um, yeah. But also, you know, he just has, he just had a relationship with them already built. So they trusted what he said. So that's great. So thank you for sharing that. And what <laughs> I heard were a couple of different things from your, from your description. So one, he had a relationship with them. Two, you didn't feel like you were showing up as confident as you could. And three, it sounds like if you would have had a little bit more preparation, um, it could have made a difference in terms of your outcome, being able to present, you know, your case really for making this change in a different yes. way. Yeah. And, uh, and then once, and of course, once we, we've worked together since on several events um, and they, since that one, they've been more comfortable with taking my suggestions and, you know, I've been able to influence them more, but yeah, it was a, ma a matter of just being, you know, confident in what I was saying is correct. And that I believe what I was saying and also just like showing that I was prepared and believe what I was saying. And exactly knew what I was saying was in everyone's favor, which I don't think it came across because mm -hmm. I wasn't communicating extremely well, you know, partially lack of pre preparation and just being nervous. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So here's an approach. Um, I'm going to lay out seven steps to a greater conversation. And, and typically when I do workshops and seminars around this, um, it's, a, it's a longer half day approach. Um, there's actually um, six influence approaches that I walk participants through um, to help them understand the right approach. So in your situation, you know, if you think about your goal was trying to, you know, get an intellectual understanding and agreement um, and kind of compelling them to kind of change things up a little bit. So in that case, if you want someone to just intellectually understand and agree, that's kind of a left brain approach. Um, if you want someone to be compelled to agree kind of in, in an experience, you know, create a teachable moment, that's a right-brained approach. Um, and so when we do our longer workshops, we go through each of these different approaches and we look at what are the different situations based on the goal. And then I have um, participants figure out which approach they would use. So if you want to kind of re-engage people who uh, around your ideas, you know, you need to think about what kind of alignment, what, what are some of the relationship orientation that I need to use? What would that approach look like? Um, and start thinking about ways that you could um, find kind of common ground with the person or build alignment. Um, and so it's a wonderful approach when you can align the goal um, to, to the right approach and to, to get a better outcome. So in the seven steps to a greater conversation, the goal needs to be really clear. You know, we, we all know SMART goals and this is no different of a situation. So what is it that you want? You know, uh, uh, make sure it's clear and specific 
um, for yourself. So in a situation, it's like we want a goal where we want to create a better experience for our customers or our clients. You know, we want to make sure that we have an inviting and engaging evening and we want more, uh, you know, we want to change in the atmosphere or something of that nature. You know, be really, really clear. And all, all of our guests or customers leave with an experience that is memorable. Um, and we do that by, you know, X, Y, and Z. So really thinking about the goal. What, what do you want as your outcome? Um, sometimes goals can be really clear, you know, particularly in the DNI world, many practitioners are dealing with trying to set a business objective around a clear goal for their initiatives, whether it be to advance a certain number of professionals of a demographic group into leadership, or if it's um, changing a recruiting model so it's more proactive and they're engaging with more stakeholders early on to build those relationships to get the, the, the talent, the highly valued and skilled talent from different diverse populations for your, for your business, you know, those might be some of the clear goals that you need to work around. And so the second one is then understanding the situation and the other person. What is your ultimate high-level goal? Is it intellectual agreement, compliance, commitment, enthusiasm? What are the reasons that are going to matter to them? What will engage their heart? What will engage their mind? Uh, what will make an impression on the other person? What do they need to hear from you? How does it need to be presented? You know, what is in your control that you can offer or take away? Uh, can you offer time, support, credit, political cover, money, access, training, mentoring, control, gifts? You know, what is in your control that you can offer or take away? And sometimes when you think about compliance matters, uh, for example, if you're implementing a new payroll system or time system and you need people to, to get their timesheets in on a certain matter of time, you know, that's a compliance matter. That's something you just need people to do it. You don't really need them to fall in love with the idea. You don't need their heartstrings to be chosen. You just need them to do it. So what is it? It's in your control that you can do to incentivize or give them support to, to help them get compliant. Or if you're trying to get your team on board with a whole new, um, maybe it's a whole new DNI initiative that you're trying to run through the organization um, or develop with your with leadership or talent development. You know, what are the things that you can do to help others who are your key stakeholders get on board? Maybe they need more mentoring or training around the initiative. Maybe they really want to be a part of it in a little bit more um, robust way. Maybe that's really important for a particular senior executive in your organization to get the credit for being a part of this initiative. You know, that's where you, you need to be thinking about what is in your control that you can do to, that will help that person behave differently, change the way they view, and, and get them to, to move in line with, with what you want. And then what do you share in common? What are the things that you and the other person agree 100% and you have in common? That's really critical to build that into your strategy. And what vision will get them excited? Maybe it's a number. Maybe they, they are really drawn with being able to say that an X percentage of their workforce is diverse or that they've increased the number of you know, women leaders in the pipeline by a certain percentage. Maybe that is a vision that gets them excited. 
maybe it's being able to um, to build goodwill with their clients and um, and and build business relationships for the organization. Um, thinking about that, understanding the situation and the other person is really critical to your conversation. And then you want to choose an approach. The left brain to get intellectual understanding by using reasons that matter to them. You want to use the gut approach to get compliance by giving feedback and or negotiating an agreement. You know, what does your gut tell you? How do you give, how do you choose an approach that's going to move them forward? Maybe you choose an approach that talks, speaks to their heart to get their commitment. Or maybe it's a combination of right brain um, or, or talking to their heart or their spirit to get them inspired and enthused. So it's really important that you choose an approach, again, that aligns with the goal first and can complement the other person's communication style. So often people just go to their go-to way of doing things and they don't think about a different approach to the situation. And when we master these different approaches, it can make a huge difference. And then number four is getting really specific. This is where you have to map out and put that planning in place. And I know a lot of folks don't take the time that's necessary to do pre-planning, but the outcomes are so important. And if this is a high stakes situation, a critical conversation that you don't want to go sideways, you need to do the planning in advance. And in my longer workshops, we actually build up into teams and we have folks um, go through this exercise individually, kind of planning out a conversation and then do coaching circles with their peers to really practice and get good at their opening you know, what is your opening? How are you going to open the conversation? What objectives will the other person raise and are you prepared for them? How will you address their objectives? Are you going to use the same approach? Is there a different approach you need to keep in your back pocket? How will you know when you've achieved your goal? What will that feel like when you know you've achieved your goal in this conversation? And then where and when will this take place? How are you going to set up the opportunity and the experience in the right way. Are, do you have 15 minutes with your CEO on the calendar already and that's how much time you have to kind of start to get him on board? So are you planting a seed? Is that the goal? To plant the seed of it in 15 minutes to the senior executive to get his approval for you to move forward with the next step. What is that? Get very specific. And then the most important thing is you've got to be prepared for what might go wrong. And that's not coming in with an assumption that something will go wrong. That is just preparing if it happens. What might go wrong? Maybe he gets interrupted and you have to reschedule. That could be something that goes wrong. Maybe the the conversation is the the other stakeholder is is asking you for um, data that you don't have how are you going to hold your gravitas in that situation stand your ground and be able to manage things that could go wrong what will they say to you that could upset you you know what might that sound like 
How will you be ready to react calmly? What should you not say to the person? That also comes back from knowing the person uh, and understanding what they need. What is the strategy to excuse yourself and then reconvene if something does go wrong? Or if the conversation's getting off track, or if you find yourself not being able to, to recover um, in this conversation and it's not going the way you want it to go. What is your strategy to excuse yourself? And then number six is to really rehearse. It's really critical that you spend two minutes uncensored venting, spend time on a crisp opening, know how you're gonna open and know how you're gonna close. Practice objections, switch approaches to play with it a little bit, and videotape. We are in such a great um, environment now that we can just videotape ourselves either on Zoom or we can videotape ourselves on our iPhones and practice and play it back. Listen to yourself. Are you showing up confident? Are you, do you know your stuff? Does, does your voice and, and your appearance and everything carry the weight of your confidence and your understanding of the situation? Are you clear and concise in what you're trying to achieve? So those are the seven steps to greater conversations. Again, it's setting a clear goal, understanding the situation and the other person, being able to choose the right approach, getting specific about this, the conversation you want to have, mapping it out, and then remembering the legs, what happens when things go sideways. Rehearse, rehearse, rehearse. And then finally, debrief. So after the conversation or the situation, debrief with yourself, what worked and what didn't, and what are your next steps. Uh, when we're doing this in a facilitated coaching situation, actually getting that real-time feedback from a peer or a colleague, what worked, what didn't, what would you suggest? You know, that is really critical to being successful. Now, this isn't an approach that you use in every conversation. This is really in those, again, we talked about those high-stakes situations where you really need to influence with a clear outcome to change the way someone thinks, behaves, or feels and get them to feel, behave, and think a new or different way. And that is how you can improve your effectiveness in influencing conversations. That's the model that I was happy to share with you all today on our podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much, Kristen, for that engaging and compelling podcast. <laughs> this is my first time being pulled into one, so I, I definitely learned a lot, and I feel more influential already. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go over to our executive, exec, executive director's office and influence my way into a raise right now, right after there this. There you go. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Just kidding. That's not happening. It's the nonprofit. <laughs> But if you'd like to learn more about being more influential, please feel free to contact Kristen directly at info at jazzcapconsulting.com or visit the website jazzcapconsulting.com. 
to listen to this podcast and more, visit um, our website, forumworkplaceinclusion.com backslash podcast. And you can also subscribe or listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Anchor. And Kristen is also has some uh, resources that she is going to be sharing with you also on her page at our uh, the forum workplace inclusion backslash podcast so please be sure to visit and listen and check those out as well did you want to tell them about what 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 you're going to be sharing sure so um our practice has a five minute quiz that can really help you understand your leadership performance score and so in five minutes you'll run through a series of questions around talent, communication, and strategy, and it will give you your own benchmark score in a great PDF immediately after you take the quiz. And as a result of that, it also guides you to our website where you can download um, a few resources that, I, that we use in coaching. One is a leadership dashboard, one is a time management, strategic time assessment. Those are two of the, the core pieces that are really popular with a lot of the leaders that I coach that helps them open up their, their leadership potential. So understanding your leadership performance score, how you're performing as a leader and engaging your organization around talent, culture, and strategy are really important. And you can take this five-minute quiz. You get your own benchmarking score. You can see kind of where you are, where your gaps are, and get some free resources to help you on your leadership journey. Wonderful, thank you so much for sharing that. Like I said, that will be available on our website, forumworkplaceinclusion.org um, backslash podcast. And we should expect uh, to have Chris, this podcast, uh, this is going to be more than likely the first of our 2020 series. So please keep an eye out for that. Again, thank you so much, Kristen, and thank you all for listening. Have a great holiday season. Thank you, and good luck in 2020. Thanks, you too. Thank you again for listening to the Forum and Workplace Inclusion podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to get updates and the latest episodes. Also, tell us what you think by reviewing our podcast. We'd love to hear your feedback. For more information, visit us at forumworkplaceinclusion.org or search Workplace Forum on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Thank you very much and have a great day. The Forum on Workplace Inclusion podcast is recorded at Augsburg University in Minneapolis, Minnesota. One of the most diverse private colleges in the Midwest, Augsburg University offers more than 50 undergraduate majors and nine graduate degrees to 3,400 students of diverse backgrounds at its campus in the vibrant center of the Twin Cities and nearby Rochester, Minnesota location. Augsburg educates students to be informed citizens, thoughtful stewards, critical thinkers, and responsible leaders. An Augsburg education is defined by excellence in the liberal arts and professional studies, guided by the faith and values of the Lutheran Church, and shaped by its urban and global settings. Learn more at augsburg.edu.